I wanted to read this to you real quick, and I'll read it again as we go. But in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. We're going to go back to it here in a few minutes as they pass out your outlines. But it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You know, over the last bunch of weeks, God's been, God's been speaking to me and, and, and showing me some things and been, been reading a book and listening to some stuff. And, and really, truly, I, I believe that, that in our lives as believers, we, we are doing what we know to do to, to try to live out the Word of God. I don't think that, that we're out there uh, trying to do the wrong thing. Most of us have known God for a while and, and have walked with Him and really have put His Word to practice in our life to the best of our abilities. But one thing that we as human beings have done for a long time is, is we have learned to deal with our behavior more than dealing with the problem. And that, that we have learned to cope with the hurts and the pains and those things. We have learned to behave in such a way that it's acceptable to those who are around us. Yet not necessarily dealing with the hurts on the inside. And that as a believer, we're supposed to live from the inside out, not put on a front and then cover up the things that are hidden. Cover up the secrets of the heart. And, and not bad things, but hurts. Most of them are hurts. It's not necessarily something that, 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 that we have gone out of our way to be in trouble with. I think many times just because of life, the life experiences, the things that you've gone through. And Jesus didn't die on the cross just to save us so that we could go and be with him in heaven. He came on this earth. He lived on this earth. He took the punishment that he did so that we could live on this, on this earth free from all of those pains. And it's the heart attitudes and the heart issues and the things that are going on on the inside of you. Those are the things that when they come out at some of the oddest times, when they come out at many of the wrong times, they, they catch you off guard. The people around you look at you astonished because you said what you just said or you just did what you just did. But here's the thing. We, we come back with this. I don't know what that was. That's not me. We always make these promises. I need to work on that. I need to try harder. See, I need to get better at that. No, no, no. You need to fix it. You need to allow God to magnify, get on the inside of you, find out what the root is of that thing, and get rid of it in your life. I didn't mean that. Don't we say that? As we go ballistic... As we go bananas and we scream and we yell, then we, we always are going back to our, to our husbands, ladies, and saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. That's it. <laughs> probably, not, probably the other way around. But we say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Well, it came from your heart. Oh, no, it, no, it didn't. Yeah, it did. And many believers today are being destroyed from the inside out, not from the outside in. The devil can't destroy you from the outside in. Because you have all the dominion, all the power, and all the authority. That resides on the inside of you. But he will destroy you from the heart out if you don't allow those things to be dealt with. If you don't allow God to make a difference there. If you don't allow those things to pass through. When the hurt comes, it bounces and goes a different direction. But it hurt me, but it doesn't have to. If you're the person who's been living at Christmas time as the worst time of the year because of something that happened in your life five years ago, it's time to let go. Oh, it was devastating. I understand devastation. I understand that in the natural, that was a very difficult situation. 
but you're not there anymore. And the only way to grow and the only way to truly live from the inside out is to get rid of that hurt and to get rid of that pain. And just, I just felt to take a few weeks here and begin to talk about some things that deal with the heart. So that's why we say, I want to have a soft heart. I want to have an open heart. I want to be in a place today, Lord, where you speak to me. Because those hidden things in your heart, nobody knows about them. You may have shared some. You may have spoke to somebody. But God is the only one who knows. God and you are the only ones who know that those hurts or those things are in the inside. Whether it's pride, and that's not necessarily a hurt, but it can come out of hurt. Whether it's anger, whether it's jealousy, whether it's greed, whether it's guilt. All of these different things over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about those things. Allowing God to deal with them on the inside of us. Because you can't just cope with the pain and try to be okay. That's not God's best, and that's not God's best for your life. That's why many times we find ourselves back in the same spot. See, we've been taught our whole lives behavior modification. We've been taught our whole lives that we, can, we have to learn to act right. And I believe you do because everybody has to eat and live indoors. I mean, you know, you don't want to act like an animal. Nobody will love you. You won't have a job. You'll be living somewhere. I mean, we all need to at least behave to us, you know. But, but you have to make sure that the behavior, the way that you talk, the way that you walk your life out is from the heart, not just so that things go well. And in our lives, many times, we've been taught when you were little, you did things and you didn't want to do them, but you did them because you were going to get spanked if you didn't. See, you, you, you didn't do things, you didn't go out and, and walk out a life of crime as a 12-year-old, even though you wanted to steal the neighbor's bicycle, because if you stole the neighbor's bicycle, you would be in trouble. See, we've, we've been taught all of these things, that, boy, we need to toe the line. And I think in the church many times, we've, we've taken this, this message and said, I just have to, to act like a Christian. No, you have to live as a Christian. Christ-like and living as a Christian comes from the heart out. It's not about trying harder to live the word. It's about letting the word infiltrate who you are, penetrate your heart. And if it penetrates your heart, it takes care of all those issues. It takes care of all those pains. It begins to separate those things out of you. And then out of your heart, it says, springs all of the issues of life. So if you look at yourself, and I think that's, you know, I, 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 we all struggle with this. I've had to go back and say I'm sorry, but I have to go back and say I'm sorry a lot less now because I've begun to deal with, over the last 10 years, all of those things, those pieces and those parts. Hurts come. Those things come by, but they can't stop. They can't register themselves in your heart and remain in that dark place because they'll grow into something that will destroy you. And it will destroy you in a place at a level where you never thought it would happen. We think that we can keep it under control. And I've talked to some of you lately. I've heard you say, I had to get out of there. <laughs> That's a problem. I'm glad you got out of there and didn't kill somebody. But let's find out why you had to get out of there. See, what is it about that situation? What is it about that person? What is the root of that thing that makes that happen on the inside of you? Because you can't live your life trying to just cover up or just cope with those things. We've learned in our life to filter, filter our words, filter our behaviors. We've got a filter that I want to say this, but I didn't because I was good today and I said that. 
well, that's nice. I guess that's a pat on the back. But how about we get to a place where we don't even want to say that? Because eventually, no matter how good a filter you get, those things will penetrate that filter. And that's the place where people say, man, I didn't even know who you were. But that's the real part, because that's the thing that's on the inside. You are who you are as a spirit, man. You are who you are in your heart. And the pains of this life will go there, and they'll grow into a thing, and they'll grow there into a place where they'll begin to destroy you from the inside out. That's why, that's why when we get in situations, if we're walking in the spirit and not in the flesh, if we've dealt with these things in our heart, we don't have to worry what we'll say. We don't, have, we don't have to worry that that thing's going to come out. Instead of monitoring our heart, instead of keeping track of those things, looking what comes in and looking what goes out, instead of monitoring the, the hurts and the pains, instead of saying, this thing came, I've got to deal with this. God, I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your word. I need your spirit to penetrate my heart. I need you to separate this thing from me because it hurt me. And I don't want to live that way, and I don't want to live with that hurt. I don't want to live with that disappointment. I don't want to live with that discouragement. I don't want to live with that. I don't want it to manifest. It. I don't even want it to be a part of me. Then he'll begin to separate that thing from you. He'll begin to lead you down the path. He'll speak to you. His anointing will begin to break the yoke, that thing that's chained. It'll all begin to separate. He'll begin to dissolve that thing. He'll, how does it happen? It's by the Spirit of God and by his anointing. You can't do it. We've been trying for years. You've been trying in your life to separate yourself from that thing that was in your heart, that hurt or that pain. Some of it we've gotten so good at, we don't even remember that it's there, but it's causing problems in other areas. In my life, when my mom got divorced, I was five, five and a half, and then you know, we saw my dad every now and then, and, and as I got a little bit older, I, I, I had grown, grown angry toward him. Now, I didn't know that. I, I revered and honored him and respected him and thought he was wonderful. But, but in my heart, see, I'd never gone back there. Whenever those issues started to come, whenever I started to feel that way, I just pushed it down farther. See, we've built walls all around ourselves so that nobody can get in, but nothing can get out. It's not necessarily trying to keep people from coming in. It's really to try to keep things from coming out because you don't want to feel that again. You don't want to go through that again. I dealt with that when I was little. I don't want to deal with that. But when I got to be in my 20s, my early 20s, and when I, we had a son, then all of a sudden these things started stirring on the inside of my... I, I didn't know what they were, but I became angry. Because for the first time, I realized what it was like to be a parent and to have a young person in your life. And I knew at that moment I could never leave him. How could he leave me? didn't even know it was there, but those words came out of my mouth in a really bizarre way. Luckily, we were shut up in a room somewhere and somebody was talking to me. <laughs> it was interesting. That's when Pastor Pam said, I can't help you with this. <laughs> I think you need to see somebody else. I had no idea. See, I, I thought I had taken care, I thought I had boxed that up in such a way in my life that it wasn't going to affect me anymore. And I can smile, and I can act right, and I could be with him, and I can hang out, and I can do all of those things. But there came a moment in time where that thing began to manifest itself. And if you don't deal with it, it will destroy you. 
It will destroy your relationships. It will, just, it will begin to destroy everything. Not just my relationship with my dad. It begin to destroy my relationship with friends, with, with my wife. With my, it'll destroy your relationship with everybody. It'll, it'll begin to destroy your job relationships. It'll, it'll, it'll begin to infiltrate all those things. Why? Because it's grown such a, such a strong root complex in your heart. Because it's been allowed to fester there for so many years. But I had to sit down with somebody and allow God to really minister to me, to speak to me. I had to, I had to have things come out of my mouth. I had to begin to, to, to confess. I had to begin to forgive. I had to begin to say some things that, I, that were hard to say. I had to begin to live a way that it was difficult to live because now all this stuff was starting to fester on the inside of me. And then at that point, part of you says, I deserve some of this. Well, yeah, but it's going to destroy you. You may deserve it. You may, you may be right, but being right might kill you. See, if you're filtering things, you're, just, you're, just, you're trying to slow or partially obstruct the passage of something. In my life, I I'd, I'd built a nice filter system there. I didn't have to worry about it coming out. I didn't even really know it was there. But every now and then, boy, I'd get just awfully angry. I would say stuff or do stuff or, you know, why, why did that happen? And you say this, I don't know where that came from. Well, we need to find out. When that thing comes out, when, that, when I begin to act bizarre, like, I, I got to figure out, whoa. I got to find out why. I picked up the table and threw it across the room. That's not right. There's something wrong on the inside of me. And I can say, I won't do that again. I can say, I'll try harder. That's just a filter. And we've been taught in our lives that we can just do, we can just, if we build a strong enough filter, we'll be all right. That's not true. Because eventually those things will come out in a way that will pierce that filter. Not all the time. They may not obliterate it, but they'll get through. And that's why we're forever saying, as we grow and not dealing with those issues, I'm sorry. I, I, I won't do that again. I apologize. I didn't mean that. See, those are the words that we use to make it to tomorrow instead of God help me, fix me, change me. Because you're not defiled from outside, you're defiled from inside. If you look in Matthew in chapter 15, here's the deal. What we've done in our life, and, and we've done this for years, and, and we've all been a part of it, we've created rules to make sure we don't break rules. And what that is, it becomes a sophisticated filtering system so we don't, we don't behave the wrong way. In this particular passage, you know, you can read this, and it's about the, the, the disciples were eating and they didn't wash their hands. And so the, the leaders at that time were upset with, with the disciples. And, and this comes out of a thing called the tradition of the elders, that what they had done from Moses to Jesus was they took Ten Commandments and then created 500 rules so that you wouldn't break those Ten Commandments. And what Jesus said to them was, listen, it's your rule not to wash. Now, you want to wash your hands before you eat. Maisie got into something yesterday that was my dog that was just unbelievable. I didn't want anything to do with her. She felt so shunned. But I didn't even want to come near her because she was so foul. I would never think of doing that. And she wanted to scrub. I made her bathe her. But she wanted to scrub herself because she, you know, I mean, it was just so disgusting. Please wash your hands before you eat. I mean, that's just, that's, that's natural hygiene. But what Jesus was saying here is you can't condemn these men for eating while they've washed their hands. That's not a commandment. That is a rule that you have created so that you don't break a commandment. 
how about you just live the commandments and not worry so much about the rules? Because if you deal with the commandments, then you don't have to worry about all those rules. If you'll live your life according to the word of God for us as the New Testament church, or you'll live your life according to the law, the Ten Commandments, and the word that was spoken from Moses and Abraham, and all, if you'll do that, then you won't have to worry about all these other things. You've created all of this filtering system so that you don't break some rule. But that becomes legalism, that becomes religion, that becomes all of these things. In our life, what it is, it's us really truly trying to set up barriers that we can't cross so that we don't do the thing that we know that we, in our heart, we, we, we were prone to do. That's why you won't go to that relative's house at Thanksgiving. That's why you won't go to that, that boss's Christmas dinner. Because you have a problem with your boss. So instead of dealing with the problem that you have with your boss in your heart, you'll create this barrier that says, I just won't go to his house. Because if I go to his house, I can't help myself. So I'll stay away from his house. It's making a rule that keeps you from breaking the problem or keeps you from being the bad thing that's on the inside of your heart. How about we don't worry about it? How about we take care of the issue on the inside of us and then go to our boss's house and love him like Jesus would? Well, the guy's a rat. Well, Jesus came to save the rats. And if you have ought in your heart against him, how does that, what position does that put you with your heavenly father? Even though you've been nice, you have ought in your heart. The word doesn't say just be nice and still have ought. The word says get rid of the ought. Get rid of the hurt, get rid of the pain, get rid of the thing that happened. Because you're not defiled from the outside in, you're defiled from the inside out. And what Jesus said here in this story was, Do you understand that what enters in verse 17, the mouth, goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. Here's the situation. That even says to me that hurts will come your way, but they can be eliminated, and they can pass through you, just as food comes in and passes through you. But the things that lodge in your heart are the things then that stay there, fester there, and they're the things that come out of your mouth. They're the things that stuck. And how about we allow the word to stick in our heart and not the hurt? How about we allow the word to stick in our heart and not the pain, not the disappointment. Allow those things to pass through. Allow God to take those things out of your life. It says you're not defiled from what comes at you. You're not defiled for what comes, as he's talking about food, for what comes in you, because that's going to pass through you. You're defiled by the things that stay there. So you're troubled by the things that you tend to hold on to. That's why people say, just let go. I can't. Then ask God to help you. Because if you won't, it will kill you. I mean, these are just words and lessons that I learned, you know, 15, 16 years ago. You know, as I began to come to this realization of what was really really in my heart. It goes on and it says, those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed, now get this, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemes. You didn't fall into that adulterous relationship because it just happened on a whim. You did because there was a seed that was planted in your heart and you didn't let it pass through. You held on to it. Because that thing will fester. See, it says that even those evil thoughts that you have towards your boss, it says for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, to to get rid of those thoughts, cast down vain imaginations. See, let it pass through you. 
It says we have the power to do that, but instead, because it makes our, it makes our flesh kind of stand up and say, yeah, for just a moment, here, I'm going to think about this. My rotten boss, I'm telling you what. And then what do you do? You take that thought, and it kind of makes your flesh feel good. So you hold on to it for a little bit, but you try not to let it come out. You try to hold on to it in such a way that we'll just, we'll just kind of keep it blocked, filtered. Instead of monitoring your heart, instead of monitoring your thought life and saying, that's not right, I need to get rid of that. See, too many times we believe, and we say this all the time, that these people are causing us issues. This person did something to me, that's why I feel this way. Don't justify the wrong feeling. Get rid of it. Your problem isn't with others. Your problem is with your heart. My issues that I face and those places where I get angry and those places where I get upset and where jealousy begins to work on the inside of me, the place where, where I say, man, they just had a really good thing happen in their life and I wish that was me. Careful. Careful, that's jealousy. You get into this debt-debtor relationship. That's what anger and guilt and jealousy and that, that's, what, that's what greed, that's what all these things are. They're about a debt-debtor relationship. And we're going to go for a few weeks and talk about some of these things, so please come back. <laughs> but then we're going to start talking about relationships as we go through October and talk about marriage, but talk about just the relationships that we have. And the problem that we have with relationships, they aren't necessarily with a person. They're with a, mainly, most of the time, a debt-debtor situation. I feel like you owe me. I feel like I owe you, so I act this way. But if you'll get rid of that and you'll live pure in your heart, then we don't have to worry about it because what comes out? Pure. If the word is first place in our heart, then the word is the thing that will come out of our life. That's what comes out of our mouth. And Solomon said that in Proverbs 4, 23, just like what we said. You can put that up there now, Donna, in King James, the new King James. Solomon knew, and I like this because Solomon said a lot of stuff. When we go back and we study Solomon and we look at Solomon, we all have this, this, this awe for him because he was the one who was full of the most wisdom. And he had a lot of great things to say. He, he said wise stuff. I mean, the things that came out of his mouth was right. He was the wisest person we believe to ever have lived on the earth. Not just about godly things, but about situations and things that happened in the natural in the world. I mean, he knew everything. He asked God for wisdom to rule correctly. And he knew how important these issues of the heart are because he said in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. If you go to the New International Version, the NIV, it says, above all else, above all the things that I've spoken, above all the things that I've written, if you don't understand or you don't want to believe anything else above all of those things, it says above all else in your life, guard your heart. For everything it says you do flows from it. And we don't get to pick and choose what we agree with. Well, that part wasn't me. That was the old me. Then why did it come back? I'm a new creature in Christ. Then act like it. Live like it. 
I mean, these are just things that I've had to say. I'm not telling you anything that I haven't apologized for or acted up or done. I mean, I, I am dealing with these issues and these things just as you are. We all do. Why? Because the enemy has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. And he can't get you from the outside, so he's working on the inside so he can kill you from the inside out. 9-11 was, was an issue because people had defiled hearts full of hatred. And they still do toward this country and toward you. Those issues cannot be legislated. They can't be taken care of with political rhetoric. You, you, you can't go to that person and say, just be nice. They hate you in their heart. They can pretend to put up a filter and a facade, but someday along the way, that hatred is going to come out in a vile and destructive way. Now, I'm not calling you a terrorist, but I am telling you that if we don't deal with those issues in our hearts, we become terrorists in our own home. Amen. <laughs> I know that's not a welcome thought. But a terrorist comes into this country and begins to destroy from where? From within. All across this country. There are seeds and pockets and places of people who have that kind of hatred toward us. The Islamic religion in itself is, is placed in this place to have a hatred toward anybody else. Not just a, we want to worship, you worship what you want, we worship what, no. It is a hatred towards anybody else that doesn't believe what they believe. And that's in their heart. And they will smile. And they will do whatever they have to do to put on a face, to put on a facade, to put a filter up, to keep those things from coming out. But there will come a day when those things will come out. Because you're defiled from within, not from without. But there's a healing that comes for our hearts. And, and we, have to be, we have to be willing to let God do some heart surgery. And as you go and we talk about a cardiologist and we talk about heart doctors and all of those things... Tasha, your dad just had seven bypasses. I mean, that was, that was an extraordinary operation. And, and there is wisdom. Thank God the doctors have the wisdom that they have today to find out what's wrong, to be able to go inside and fix it. But that was not, in his body, an easy fix. But with God, it could be that easy. He could begin to just, he just goes right in and just takes that piece right out. He doesn't have to crack you open. He doesn't have to tear you apart. He doesn't have to graft these things around. The things that are in your heart will eventually destroy you. An earthquake happens because there are faults within the earth. Easy science teacher. That's what she teaches. So if I'm wrong, just be quiet and tell me later. Because <laughs> it sounds really good. So just let me go with it, all right? I've debated whether I went out to the living room and asked her the questions or not, but I thought, nah, I'll just go with what I think. So, <laughs> sounds better. I don't want to be corrected. But I like geology. I took, I took, I took some of that, so I, I kind of get it. But there, there are faults that are within the earth. They're deep within the earth. They're, they're, not, they're not like you look up here and like the road is cracked in half and that side's higher than this side. It's, it's in the earth somewhere. And these things, there's pressure that builds up, and they begin to grind against each other, and then there's pressure because one wants to move, and the other one's stopping it from moving. And this pressure and these things 
It's great force, but it's going on below the ground. We know that they exist. We know that they're there. Now, this is, we're going to talk, I mean, talking about your heart. Okay, you know those things are there. They were there. You, you thought about them. I mean, I've even bought earthquake insurance because we had a little rumbling a few years ago. So we'll take out some insurance on ourselves to make sure that... But those things, are, those things are down there. But then there comes a moment, there comes a place in time when those things click and they move. And the rock, break, the rock breaks or things change or they gap up or I don't, you know, whatever. You can talk to her later. She'll fill you in on all the details. But when those things slip, when those things cross, when they begin to move, then all of the things that are felt, all of the destruction is where? On the surface. Not underneath. It started in your heart, but the destruction comes out there. We say, if I'm going to be destroyed, then let me find, let me be destroyed. I, I, I want to hold on to this. This hurts so bad. If it destroys me, then it destroys me. But that's not the case. It won't just destroy you. It'll wipe out everybody else around you. Has the opportunity to. Hurt people hurt people. That's why hurt people have hurt kids. And the things that you don't like in your kids, you better go back and look in the mirror. Not always, but many times. I've taught too long. I was, I was with too many kids to see it in them than to see the parents and go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. Now I don't dislike you as a child. I want to help you. For a while, I didn't, I didn't like you much, but I, I like your parents less, so let me help you. You're defenseless. You live there. RBWs, raised by wolves. <laughs> Can we not say that? That's a teacher thing you don't put out there? <laughs> Sorry, that's a teacher's secret. Some of you may be known as RBWs. That's not a compliment. <laughs> that one's an RBW. Okay. That means love the kid. Can't help they're raised by wolves. They can't, you know... Anyway, we'll move on. There's no help in that. In Proverbs 28, 14, she'll put that on the screen, but really what it says, just plain and simple, a hardened heart equals destruction. A hardened heart. A happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Careful. Careful with the walls that you place around your heart. Be careful with the boundaries that you try to set up. Be careful with the things that you would rather not deal with, but just want to try to live with. You can't cohabitate with darkness. You can't cohabitate with, with hurt, pain. You can't cohabitate. Anything that's not of faith is sin. So those things that come against you, as you harbor them in your heart, they become sin. They weren't, that pain wasn't a sin when it came to you, but because you hold on to that, instead of allowing God to deal with that, then it becomes sin in your life. Don't harden your heart. Those hidden, those hidden issues bring traumatic demise. And, and they'll, begin, they'll begin to tear you up and they'll begin to mess you up. But listen, there's good news. In Matthew 9, 12, Jesus said, The sick need a physician. He was calling himself a physician. He is the great cardiologist. Yes. See, you may be sitting here today and God's speaking to you and he's showing you these things. In your heart, there's pain. We're going to pray. 
Simple questions. I'm not going to delve into your history. I don't want to, you know, I'm not up here to, to start asking questions about, about your dad and how you were abused as a child or how this happened in your life or where this thing came from. I'm just going to ask simple questions that say, do your heart hurt? You know, is your heart hurting? Are there issues and things on the inside of you that you haven't dealt with? Because God wants to. In Ezekiel 36, this is what he says he'll do, and this is why joy comes to your face when you hear this. In Ezekiel 36, verse 25, it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone, that hardened heart. I will take that out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh, soft, pliable, not hard anymore, without the boundaries, without the walls, without the filters. And then once he puts that thing in your life, that's coming to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, this is what he begins to do. And then you have to decide from that point on how you're going to deal with all of those things that have happened in your life and those things that are coming towards you. As it says, he has separated you from those. He has taken the hard heart, given you the soft heart. Now you have to continue to live soft. I cry all the time. Not because I'm a mess. But I have a soft heart. When those things happen and I don't feel that 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 welling up of the spirit on the inside of me i don't feel that compassion that jesus had i go back and i begin to pray and say god is there something wrong with me i don't want to have a hard heart i don't want to be calloused I, i don't i'll fall into calamity It says here, then, I will put my spirit within you, verse 27, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments to do that. Why is that the last part? Because that's the thing that keeps your heart soft. That's the thing that keeps you pliable. That's the thing that keeps you from having to go back to your wife and say, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And here's the thing. It says in Proverbs 20, 27, you can get a spiritual MRI today on your heart. In the New Living Translation, Proverbs 20, 27 says, The Lord's light penetrates the, humans, the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. Now, you could be an absolute mess. Have you ever had that? I mean, just been a wreck. You know, physically, your body's just a mess, and you go in, and your, 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 all your cholesterol's perfect. Your triglycerides are awesome. Your heart's completely clear. So you could look like a wreck and be okay. But then there are athletes who look like a million bucks who drop dead. Why? Because they had a heart issue that nobody knew about. So even if you try to come to church and look good, there could be a heart issue there. You're the only one that knows. And in my case, you may be here today just like I was and forgot, didn't know about it, didn't even realize that it was there. But it began to surface in places somewhere if they took this athlete and they began to study him from when he was eight years old to the time he was 24 and dropped dead, they would have seen some things that probably would have led them down the path to say there's an issue with his heart. But nobody took the time. The athlete didn't realize it and just went through his life. And then one day, boom. Enlarged heart. Pete Maravich only had one, 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 one of the right uh, veins or arteries or something instead of having two. 
was a picture of health. Pistol Pete Maravich, he was the basketball player. He was doing great at 40 years old. And he, he ran hard his whole life, and nobody ever thought anything different. Nobody knew there was a problem. Be careful, because the things, the little things that pop up here and pop up there, the things that pierce the filter, the things that get past your wall or your border, those are things that are telling you there's something there behind the scenes. God, show me. God, let me know. Why? Because it says you're known by your fruit, and the fruit comes from the root. And so if there are things in your life that manifest themselves at weird times or different places, seem to be the same time of the year, seem to be the same situations, seem to be with the same family members, seem to be with the same situation in your job or with your husband or with your, your kids or whatever that is, as those things begin to come out, those are signs of something that's going on behind the scenes. And what we have to begin to do is kill it at the root. He does that. He does that. I've got a neighbor next door who has a crabapple tree. I hate these trees. Now, he has since moved. So the nice little old lady that lives there now, I love her. But I do not like those trees. Because they fill my yard with little crabapples. And when I have to go out there, there's bees in them now. So now my yard's full of bees, so you can't even pick them up. See, you, you, you get to a point where you say these crabapples come, and so you're like, okay, well, I'll just gather them up every week. And so you'll do the extra work to get rid of the crabapples where they fall. See, so you'll do the work to go ahead and get them all. You'll even pay the money to have them sprayed in the, sp in the spring. You know, the guy next door, man, he hated them, but he, he sprayed them. And so they only put a little bit of crabapples out. The only way I'm telling you to get rid of the crab apples is to get rid of the tree. You got to go to the root and you got to get out of the tree. You know, he cut his whole. It's hilarious. This guy had these beautiful crab apple trees. Now, they have the crab apples. I hate those. But they, they flower and they're really pretty. And they take up his whole front yard and there's two of them. And they're really nice. He hated them so much, he carved it back to two sticks. At that point, just take out the tree. Right? I mean, he, no lie. There was nothing but a stick and a couple little things sticking out from it. There was nothing else. I mean, that was it. It looked like a totem pole. <laughs> Two of them in his yard. And I'm just looking off the deck thinking, dude, let's just tear them out if they're that big an issue. Don't. What have you done? You have postponed the crab apples. You haven't killed them. You haven't gotten rid of them. You have killed them. You haven't killed them. You've just, you've just hit them. Because I'm telling you what, in two years, we got crab apples again. And as soon as he cut them down to sticks, they transferred him to Ohio and he had to sell his house with two totem poles sitting in the front yard. It was awesome. Cracked me up. But we got crab apples again. It took a couple years. He did a good job of filtering the things that bothered us. He did a great job of postponing the inevitable, but he didn't take care of the problem. He tried to treat the symptoms and not the problem. In our lives, you have to treat the problem. You have to allow the great physician, you have to allow Jesus to treat the problem and not just deal with all of the symptoms. So today where we are, we have to come to grips with what's going on on the inside of us. The things that, I mean, you know who you are. Now, your spouse lives with you, so they probably know you pretty well, too. 
So don't nudge your spouse when we begin to start talking about some of these things. Right? Because we're all individuals. So let somebody else make that decision. Don't make it for them. Because you're going to become an issue of their heart if you keep doing that. (laughs) We'll have to pray again when we're done. (laughs) But it can be taken care of in Mark chapter 11, real quick. And really, truly, I'm just telling you. In your life, in my life, it's really all I ever wanted was to be free. So you sit here today and and, and it begins to kind of get on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, our response, our natural response is to start pressing it down. I don't want that to come out. I don't want to have to deal with that. I've got a nice box built around that. I've, got, I've set up a really nice filter. I don't want these things to come out. But the only way for these things to be dealt with in your life is for God to begin to deal with them, and he does so at the root. And that's tough because he's not going after the limbs. He's not going after the old crab apples. He's coming for the roots of that tree. But he can do it. And he doesn't have to dig up your yard. He doesn't have to bring a big excavator and just pull the whole thing up. He doesn't have to destroy what your home looks like. But you got to let him do his thing in your life. In Mark chapter 11, it's the story of the fig tree. And if you go back and you look in verse 12, it says, In the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And in response, he said, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, I didn't share this story with my neighbor because he would have come, maybe had me come out and talk to his trees. Because listen, what happens in verse 12, or verse 20. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the what? From the roots. It didn't dry up from here. It dried up from the roots. And it can't live again if the roots are gone. If the roots are dead, that thing can't come back. You can save it if you've pruned it. You can save it if you've cut it. It can come back if you just gather things around. You can come back like this guy's tree. If you cut it back to just a stick, it will start coming back. It may take a little longer. It may take some time. But unless you deal with the root of that thing in your life and your heart, unless you monitor your heart, begin to filter the things that go in and out, begin to make sure that you're looking at it, You're not just letting it fly by and saying, I'm sorry, trying to patch the filter. You're saying, I want to fix it. It will dry up from the roots. Your bad behavior isn't an exception. It's a reflection of the things that are in your heart. My bad behavior, the things that I say, the things that I do that don't line up with who I say that I am, don't line up with what I say that I believe. Those things that happen that are bad behavior Those are a reflection of something in my heart, and I am no different than you. I have to go sit down with God and say, Sir, I I apologize to you. I have messed up, and I have missed it. Not because I did something that was hideous in my own eyes or someone else's, but because I have allowed something to lodge in my heart. And I can't be who you call me to be and operate in what you call me to operate in if there are hidden issues and things in your heart. 
When you recognize the destructive force that those things are on the inside, you begin to reprioritize. It's not so important anymore to hide it. It's more important to say, I want to let it out. I want to get rid of it. I don't want it to have any part of me. Someone who is facing a heart attack. The doctor says, you are one cheeseburger from going down. We'll reprioritize cheeseburgers. Eventually, they may go back. And what do we do? When we get ourselves far enough away from that thing that says that's going to kill you, when we've come just far enough that we can have another and it won't kill us, we tend to go back. But our cheeseburger is part of who you are anymore. They shouldn't be. And I love a cheeseburger. (laughs) But do you need to reprioritize some heart issues today in your life? Let's stand up together. I want to pray for you. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.